Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show, we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. Yeah, New Year 2017, Sayonara 2016, you were horrible. Mm-hmm. That's what the people say. Good riddance, that's what I say. That's what uh, my wife Casey wanted to put on our holiday cards, was basically like, F, <laughs> 2016, but not censored. <laughs> I had a child in 2016. I so know. It wasn't, it wasn't all bad. It wasn't all bad. There's one little beacon of rays. And I guess, Mike, you, you have a house in 2016. Yep, I have a house now. I have a house. 2016 got me a house. It got me a fiancé. Oh, yeah. Well, that's pretty good. So, yeah, I, I agree with the idea that 2016 was, like, um, from a news perspective and, like, really, like, just generally bad. Um, but yeah. I had a pretty good one. Like personally, it was a it was a for like personal things that happened to me. Twenty sixteen was a was a good one. It was also a good business year as well. Cool. Twenty sixteen for you guys was maybe a bit up and down from a business perspective, right? Yeah, it was it was a frustrating probably like nine or ten months, and then better, and then personally, like with my family stuff, we we had like a really horrible twenty sixteen. Yeah, you had a really <laughs> like, bad one. Yeah, yeah. So it makes it like seem double whammy. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so here's here's to new hope. So when you look at 2016, uh, would you say Dan that like from a, like for Studio Neat that it was it resulted in a successful year? I mean, OB obviously didn't go the way that you wanted, but you had some some good product launches and a good Kickstarter campaign. Like, would you cons- would you like write down at the end of the year like this was a successful year? Come come the end of it. I think so. I mean, Ob- Obi was 2015, so we can oh. uh, we could shove that aside. Yeah. Wow, I thought it was this year. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's been a while. Um, so overall, I think it was good. I'm curious to see what our kind of end of year revenue was, even though you know that's not the only gauge for if we had a you know if we felt good about the year or not. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of did what we said we wanted to do, which was release more products um and we did that we had three new products this year and we had our most successful kickstarter to date in terms of uh funding amount so that was all good um i'm i still have like this kind of feeling of anxiety a little bit and kind of not sure if we're heading in the right direction or if we're kind of on the right track but i mean all in all I would say it was an improvement over 2015, and I would imagine the revenue will speak to that as well. So I guess you could argue we're we're moving in the right direction. What makes you feel like you're maybe not on the right track, though? Well, I don't know. It's complicated. Like, it's hard, for me at least, it's hard to release products so frequently. Like, the, the way we did it in the past was, it, it was a really, like, privileged position to be in where we could basically just kind of, like, we didn't have to be so forceful about it. We could kind of sit back and observe and kind of pick up on these little opportunities or we'd call them like little frictions that we experience in our lives. And it's like, you know, we could, if we could make a product that made that a little bit easier, that would be nice. And so kind of like product ideas came to us more or less. Um, 
And now we've kind of shifted into this mode where we need to be like a little more forceful about it and um, kind of be a little bit more on the ball. And there's a, I always feel this, um, like I said, the anxiety and there's kind of this risk, inherent risk of just like (laughs) forcing things, like bringing things into the world that don't need to exist or shouldn't exist. Um, And so that's kind of the tension that I feel is like, you know, wanting to do more things to keep our our business healthy, but not wanting to just release garbage, basically. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. I think we're a long way off from garbage, though. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I'm being like, I'm being a little, you know, overly dramatic by calling it garbage, but this is something I like think about a lot. And is um, this maybe is like getting too in the weeds or or too uh, touchy feely? But it's just like you know what what are we doing? <laughs> what are we all doing here? <laughs> and uh, you know, I feel like I I, uh, I have there's it's such a privilege just to have um, to, to exist the, the way I do with all the opportunities I have where sometimes I question like, is this really the the biggest contribution I can be making? Um, and so it's, it's easy. It, it is easy to kind of fall, get into a spiral a little bit where you kind of don't think you're doing what you could in terms of, you know, uh, making a tiny little dent in the universe, I guess. Being a dad has changed you. <laughs> 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 that's interesting yeah. i think anyone can easily go down that road too and it's also true that studio neat you know could be a better citizen and when like when it comes down to it we're making like you know luxury items basically you know but you know you could also approach it from the other direction which is like we're making things that people like to use it make them makes them happy and so that's it's tricky it is always like a tricky uh a tricky thing but yeah i've you know i'm i think i am a little bit more confident about um kind of at least my headspace about like studio need and like how we should approach the future and stuff um for a while i, I think it's been almost for the last several years i've always been like not didn't really have a great idea about like where we were going or like what the kind of strategy was or like what was going on. But I feel like now I'm starting to come around to, I think having an idea about what the future will be and like how we fit into that. Um, But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's always, uh, I guess it's good. It's like good to second guess and think about things. It's always tricky. How does this sort of stuff inform what you guys are thinking about for 2017? Like, do you have a plan? Like, do you have like an an amount of products you want to release? Do you like what what are the, what do goals look like for you? Well, uh, there's I mean there's uh, there's a whole range of things. Some of them are more like uh, you know logistical feeling, and then some of them are more strategy. And uh, so yeah, we definitely want to keep on trying to release more things. So like maybe two or three. Um, you know, kind of products this year. Um, and hopefully they don't all get piled to the end. Like, like last year, <laughs> that was rough. So that's one thing It's just, just kind of trying to keep up a good pace. And really the funny thing is 
the hardest part, I think, for us uh, with that is, you know, like right now and in the last couple of months, we were very much in this like production phase where it's like, okay, you know, these things have been designed and we're just trying to get them out the door, like get the production coordinated and like get them shipped and all that stuff. And during that time, it's really hard to step back and like think about bigger picture stuff or think about starting design on a new product. Um and that's really, I think, where what we need to get better at is all like having products in multiple stages, like all the time, continuously, right. instead of right. you know, kind of completely finishing one and then then starting on the new one, because then we can easily get behind on the ball. So that so that's a ch- challenge, and it's really just like a practice thing that we need to like develop internally better. Um, so that's one goal I think is is we're gonna try to make more space and time for kind of like brainstorming and like strategy and in those bigger, like stepping back and not, not always solving the problem right in front of us. Um, so I think that, that is a good like strategy kind of softer goal. Um, so that we'll see how that goes. Um, but I, you know, I'm hopeful. I think we can really work on that because it's fun. It's not like we don't like doing it. It's just, it's, Whenever you have this like to-do list in front of you of things you know that have deadlines and need to get done, it's it's easy to ignore the uh, the other stuff that is you know often maybe more important. So that's definitely one part of it uh, that I'm looking forward to working on. Does having multiple products at a time like is isn't that a difficult thing to achieve? Like, don't you need to have a ton of ideas going on? Like, do you guys have that level of like idea creation well i think that's the hard part is coming up with ideas that we feel good enough about to pursue but yeah to the first part of your question like having multiple you know concurrent things is actually not that bad because of the nature of at least for um like a a physical product Uh you can kind of overlap the processes pretty easily because there's lots of lulls like so for just as an example like when you go into production, you know, that's going to take some amount of weeks where you're kind of just twiddling your thumbs. So it's good to be working on something else while that's happening. So there's plenty of things that we could fill in that space. Like we could work on a, an app for fun or, or we could uh, take care of like some uh, business operational stuff uh, that we need to get done. But it, there is a way to kind of stair step to kind of like stagger the production of products to where, it's not overwhelming to have kind of several going at once. Um, but yeah, it really is like the, the ideas, having a good enough idea to do it is really, that to me is the tough part. For sure. But, you know, we also, I, we also <laughs> often don't like set aside like formal brainstorming or like time or like talk to you know, talk to other, you know, outside people outside the studio, you know, and just kind of talk to them about maybe problems they have or stuff like that. So I, I think that there's there's totally things we can do to kind of help us along and kind of formalize that uh, idea generation process. But it is totally also spontaneous. And you do kind of have to wait around and let yourself like be open to the ideas coming. But I also think we can kind of hopefully like turbocharge that process a little bit on the front end. So We'll see. Um, and then we also have like really boring stuff we want to do. Like uh, we want to right now we have like multiple uh, fulfillment partners and we want to consolidate that, um, which 
which probably means we will be doing more like a, like assembly ourselves on things on some things possibly but it's it, it really just creates like basically problems with generating shipping rates and stuff if we have our products like spread out among more warehouses so that's kind of one thing we're going to hope that will help us uh, kind of have more accurate and more options for shipping rates and uh, in 2017 so that's kind of a really boring one but hopefully something that can just happen how do you feel about the idea of doing more manual labor yourself i mean it kind of from from the way that a business maybe like yours would work it feels like a reverse kind of thing right it is it totally it is but there are some advantages one of the advantages is we can do really good quality control yep. so if you know, the way it works right now is like we get bulk shipments from, you know, somewhere, even like China, right, to our warehouse. And we're just kind of trusting that the things are correct. Um, so if, if we have the parts and we're assembling them, we can really we can check that out. And usually the way it happens is it's like in big batches. So it's not like we're it's a little micro task we have to do all the time. It's like, you know, it might be once every couple months we kind of just spend a couple days doing it and then ship it off and so it doesn't feel that burdensome um i mean we i don't know we'll see how much we do it we'll we'll definitely avoid it when we can but for instance with like the cocktail stuff in general we don't have um someone to like a a, like a like a manufacturer to do the assembly step so it it like there's not really a good place to do that and so it's probably going to be us whereas like with the glyph that's done with like in south dakota with premier source they they will assemble everything so we definitely will try to outsource that when we can, but um, but there's cases when we can't, uh, and we might just have to do it. But it's you know it's been okay, I think. Mike, how how are you feeling about your stuff for going into 2017? So my the goal like the goals that I have are or the goals that I want to talk about. They are my goals, like they're not the company goals because uh... I don't want to speak for Stephen. And we haven't really discussed it, but there are some. I thought this was a shareholder meeting. Kind of. There are some <laughs> uh, uh, goals that relate to the company, but like they're not our official goals, right? But they're like things that I want to do within it. But mm-hmm. kind of things for me, like I want to continue doing YouTube stuff and mm-hmm. but, but pushing it in different ways, like. I enjoy what I am doing right now, which is like the lifestyle vlogging type stuff, like showing how I do a thing, go about a thing. But I want to start making videos that are more focused around an item or an idea because mm-hmm. they're more challenging, right? Because you've, you've got to understand like what is the thing you want to do? How do you talk about it? How do you show it? And then how do you put it all together? As opposed yeah. to like what I do now, which is just like shoot things chronologically, put them together chronologically. Like it's... Yeah. also with no necessary plan about like the way it's going to go because you can't really do that because your life is going to just take the route that it takes and there are mm-hmm. things that i will make sure to try and film things that i will try and do but it's less of like a, a story that i want to tell about a thing um and i think right now like the thing that interests me the most is things that are technology focused but i want to try and find a way to do them that makes sense for me because like I don't get pre-release Apple hardware, right? So yeah, there is. I feel like just doing like a straight up like here is the thing. Like it doesn't. And there's so much of that, and there's so exactly. much of that too. So I want to. I don't know. I want to do things that I'm interested in in a way that are is interesting to me. 
but I don't know what that is yet. But like what I'm doing right now with the the, the videos that I'm making right now, they are effectively just practice. Like, and they're going to continue yeah. to be practice. And every now and then during one of my vlog videos, I'll start talking about a technology product and we'll shoot it in certain ways that I think is interesting. And I'm trying to like just build those muscles whilst doing it all in public and getting feedback and stuff like that. But in 2017, I plan to have a, a more solid idea as to what my video creation will be like into the future. But I obviously don't know what that's going to be yet hmm. because th- the goal is have an idea. So do you think that would like tend towards a product review or like a this is like a cortex kind of like this is how I use, you know, things like explainer kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like that's a you could go either direction. Do you have a feeling on which way you go? I have no idea. I guess it depends on the (laughs) thing, right? Like if it's a new thing, then it might be more review focused, right? But other than that, I can kind of just show how I use certain things and do certain things. And but yeah, I'm I'm really not sure yet because like I just haven't I haven't practiced that enough, you know. But mm-hmm. I plan to like this is like one of the things that I, a route that I'm about to start going down is like looking at how I stretch the videos that I make into different directions and then kind of see what things interest me. Like I might get into like you know in the time I get to May I might think no I don't want to do technology focused stuff like it doesn't that doesn't interest me for video making maybe I want to make makeup videos who knows what <laughs> what world <laughs> I might go into. <laughs> It's you just put makeup on dolls. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> so it's not not for yourself. You no. just like, but you really like the technique and get really into getting. Just I like the brush dolls. strokes, and uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I think you should do it. So what? What is your kind of ultimate goal for this video stuff? Like, do you want to get to a place where you're monetizing the videos themselves, or do you just want to like? kind of build up a name for yourself on YouTube so it can, you know, have some some synergy with your podcast stuff or kind of what is, what's your goal there? So the ultimate goal really is to use the YouTube videos as a way for more people to find my other work. Mm. Like I think so that's synergy. the plan. So synergy. I'm going for <laughs> increased synergy across the product lines. Okay, kid. So I'm going for that. Yeah, that, that that's my main thing. Oh, Just that's because interesting. as it stands right now, if if the way that I make money from my videos continues to be the way that it currently is, which is using YouTube's ad platform, the mm. economics are horrifically out of whack. Like, you know, mm-hmm. based on how what I make from a ten thousand view video to what I could make from a ten thousand listener podcast. Like it's the difference in that, way different. that it's it's laughable, the difference. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because the YouTube ad system is is incredibly uh, low paying yeah. to to creators to everyone really, but especially to the creators. Now there are other ways to make money on YouTube, which I wouldn't rule out. Like the idea of making you know content that is sponsored in in the way that we have it, right? So we have like ads in our shows where you can do those in YouTube videos as well. You know, you can just speak an yeah. ad and it can be part of the video. Um, and there are also things that like. You know, if if a really good company came along and they were like, "We want to make something with you," like I would consider something like that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like not not something that's like branded content, but it's paid for by a person and it's about a thing. And and like I'm I'm not interested in doing paid reviews of a product because that's 
terrible. But if there's a company that's like, hey, we want to find some way that's fun to work together. Like, let's mm-hmm. let's just say, I don't know, uh, a camera company. And they mm-hmm. were making this little camera and they wanted me to try it out, right? Mm-hmm. What what fun things could we do together to stress test the camera? Like, say GoPro, right? Let's just say GoPro because mm-hmm. they're a good mm-hmm. company to think about. Like, what fun and silly things could I do as a person who is not into extreme sports yeah. with a GoPro, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, like, and, and that could be like a fun video that could be done in partnership with a company that's not like, hey, let me give you a review of this product. By the way, this is sponsored by GoPro. Like, you know, like yeah, yeah, that yeah. interests mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. in in almost minus percentage. Like, I just have <laughs> no, it makes me feel terrible, like, to think mm-hmm. of doing stuff like that because that's just, yeah. it's, it's not what I do. And I, and I know people that do these things and they do them well. Like, I have some friends that make YouTube videos and they do sponsor content like this and they find interesting ways to, to bring it in. Like, maybe the, the video is sponsored by a, a phone case company and they do a review of a phone and then halfway through put it in a phone case and drop the phone case from 20 feet because the phone case you know like it's meant to protect the phone right and that's a good way to do it but i just that's from people that like spend their whole time thinking about this which i don't expect that i will be doing right so Mm -hmm. i don't know like i basically my my thought is that I'm, i'm open to looking at other ways to make money through youtube videos but I have no plans to doing them. Plus, with the where I am right now, nobody would want me. But who knows what might happen in in a year, right? Like things could mm-hmm. could be in a better position. But I'm really happy yeah. with the way that the, the YouTube stuff is working right now, and I'm really happy with the feedback that I get and the views that I get. Like it's all really great. But I'm just thinking about like what is the what is the goal here? Either I'm going to keep mm-hmm. just like fooling around and making these fun little videos like once every week or two about things that are happening in my life which which i vastly enjoy uh and or i'm also going to be like making something which has a little bit more substance to it a little bit more creativity to it because uh, but right mm-hmm. now i'm just learning how to work with video you know mm-hmm. well i think it's a really interesting idea using youtube as basically just like growth for podcasts because like you know like as we've talked about before and like you know it's like really hard to grow a podcast yeah uh and so yeah just like i could even see you know like some sort of like like an upgrade you know special video that like kind of virally and then that you know that like sends people to the podcast like that like makes that's kind of interesting so yeah that's one thing but then i do have like relay fm goals as well like things that i want to do uh-huh. One thing that is a thing that we both have to do is we need to get help this year. We mm. we need an assistant. That has become abundantly clear uh, in the last month or two. There's been some things that have been going on that are taking incredible amounts of time that can and, and really should be done by other people or other person. Is it like an admin stuff or is it like sale like ad sales stuff or like what 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 is it like what sort of stuff is it in an ideal world this person would be um assistance for sales beginning with administration uh and you know invoicing and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. but ultimately to assist with advertising sales as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. so you know i yeah, would call it like sense. advertising aftercare uh, which is a term. <laughs> so like helping helping the advertisers get them what they need 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Ultimately, yeah. they're moving into like a role of trying to help sale, like help with the sales because yeah. well, that, that would be sense. great, right? If, because as we're growing, it's becoming harder and harder for me to be able to to do all of that you know from an idea of talking to the sponsors and but then also like dealing with all the paperwork involved um, and the spreadsheets and stuff it's not really a world that i want to continue traveling down for the next year of like filling out all these spreadsheets and well do you guys have a bookkeeper yeah we do yeah okay do you think that's something that they could partially do some of that admin stuff they Mm -hmm. might Maybe, maybe. The thing is, like, we'll. I'm looking for somebody that is interested in doing something like this, um, and 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 trying to build that into a bigger role. Because, like, the uh-huh. the ideally, the person that we would maybe want to help us with sales help would also be the person who does the admin work. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. at least I know from having done this, like, my belief is, if you know that whole picture, it makes everything better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because there were some times where, like, me and Stephen were sharing some things, and then as we kind of looked at who did what in the business and kind of split things apart a bit better, those parts of the business started to run smoother because it was like everything is being dealt with by the person who deals with this, as yeah, opposed yeah, to it yeah. being so, split up and then doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense anymore. And you don't know who's doing it and all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah, no, totally. You you should the the role should just be like vice president, <laughs> so like the person <laughs> understands that. They have to do everything. Um, just a VP. <laughs> VP of sales. Yeah, that's right. No, it should just be vice president. There's two co-founder president uh-huh. partners, and then there's a vice president. <laughs> it's just, just the vice president. Chancellor. Maybe. Chancellor. Chancellor. Yeah, there you go. Chancellor. The <laughs> chancellor of the sales. Relay FM. <laughs> I, uh, I have no idea how to hire someone. Yeah. Well, don't ask us. And this is just something. No, nobody, nobody knows. Uh, but we're, this is something like we're just going to start working on it more seriously, like cool. as the, as the month comes on and see where it goes. Well, dear listeners, if you want to work for Mike, oh no, don't do that. Please, <laughs> please don't send me anything yet. We're gonna we're gonna do a job posting. If you're listening to this and you're like, I would love to do this job, don't send me anything yet. Just don't send me anything because we're gonna actually create a job posting like. Because we haven't really fully understood a lot of what needs to be done, uh, so yeah, that's that's all I will say there. I think just just don't, cool, please. But w- when we say, hey, if, apply if you're interested, please apply then. But right now, like, I don't know what we we don't know what we're looking for or like how to do it. So we need to get some advice and and stuff like that. If you are a person that knows how to hire people, I would greatly appreciate that advice. If you're out there, I do have some boring things too. Let's hear them. I, I, I came to the show prepared with percentages <laughs> and numbers today. Oh. And I figured that you guys would really want to hear them. Yeah, yeah. Lay them on me. I love percentages. Again, these are just my own personal goals for what I want our company to do. Yeah. I have not been agreed with my co founder. Uh, so, Stephen, if you're out there, <laughs> this is what I would like <laughs> us to do. Uh, I want to see a 20% increase year on year in revenue Damn. and a 15% increase year on year in, in listener numbers. Ooh. Mm. That's interesting that those things aren't the same number. They don't need to be. Huh. Interesting. They don't need to be uh, because so the reason that they wouldn't be necessarily be the same is listener numbers don't necessarily equate to more revenue because 
there can also just be high performance of a show from an advertising perspective, uh, yeah, which yeah, puts yeah. the yeah. price up of that show. Um, yeah. Like, for example, if we decide that we want to move into some more tailored areas uh, that don't mm-hmm. necessarily bring masses of amounts of money, but have really hyper-focused sponsorship opportunities, then that yeah. can increase revenue. So like something, for that example, like the Pan Addict. The Pan Addict can make more money than shows that are of an equivalent size because it's yeah. it's hyper-focused. Focused. Yeah. Um, and so you know, pen companies and, and pen manufacturers and stuff like that, they will pay more to get on the show. Um, yeah, and, no, that makes total, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, so I don't necessarily think of those two things as like a one hundred percent tracking in line. They definitely track. Like we couldn't have downloads go down and revenue go up, right? That they have to to go in 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 step, but um, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily have to be the same. Mm-hmm. So there's some cool. numbers for you. How about that? Cool. Wow. Goals. Do you have that? Do you have that? Like on a post-it note by your computer and you look at it every day currently the only place these numbers exist are in our shared document oh well you need to make them real you need to actualize them in your life mm-hmm. or else they're not real it's just like just spray paint them on the wall <laughs> start st- start by telling steven that's step one yes step one inform co-founder <laughs> Yeah, what is, what is your overall impression of kind of the podcast market in general? Like, is, is the getting still good in terms of ad revenue and stuff? You know, I, I feel like we've kind of been in this this era. Uh, I don't know how to define it, but kind of like you know the 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 the, the five by five kind of tech. Mm-hmm. And then transitioning, you know, into relay and stuff, you know, since I don't know, 2012, 2013. So it was like, feels like a distinct era. And I'm wondering, like, does it still feel really healthy and really feasible in terms of like running a business and bringing in revenue and having returning sponsors and stuff? Or have there been kind of, uh, kind of dry spells where it's a little bit nerve wracking that maybe this, this, this grand uh, ride that we've been on is coming to a halt? Like, kind of what's your overall impression? So this time last year, it was trickier. Um, and I don't know why. Like, you, It would make sense really just in general that Q1 is a tricky time to get people to spend money because people are yep. arranging budgets. Mm-hmm. But by the end of the quarter, we were doing fine. But like maybe mm-hmm. in the first couple of weeks of the year, uh, it was difficult to get people up and running. Mm-hmm. Um, we have been very, very busy the last month. Mm-hmm. incredibly busy um, and we've been working with some sponsors for, for some stuff this is one of the reasons we decided we needed the the assistant like it was abundantly mm-hmm. clear because we just had a lot of interest that was tricky for us to keep up with um, and it was just because we'd, we'd been working with some people and they wanted to put in some some orders that were bigger than usual because it's the start of the year so some people want to book mm-hmm. out longer periods of time that kind of thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what I have noticed I think maybe over the last year is that the podcast market from an advertising perspective has grown up it's become more serious mm-hmm. yeah. there, mm-hmm. are, there are more agencies now like actual advertising agencies that have either been created or existing agencies that did advertising placement that have taken on podcasts um, there are companies that are moving around from agency to agency. 
uh, everything is a lot. It seems to be coming a lot more um, grown up and like mature, and that brings with it really good things and frustrating things. You know, like the the more middlemen there are, sometimes the trickier it is to get stuff that you need. But yeah, for sure, there being more of these people, there are more people to to buy ads because if more company, basically, if the industry is growing to the point where there are media buyers then yep. there needs to be companies to put their ads with the media buyers. And then that's up to the media buyers to find the companies. And then we work with some of those to arrange advertising. Right. I have a question. I have a question about advertising agencies. So does it, is there, I mean, I know you said it's a little bit more complex and that makes sense, like a little more overhead and stuff to work with ad agencies. But beyond that, does it, does it seem the same? Like, uh, are the rates basically the same? Like, yeah, they are. They, they are. are? Yeah, they are. So do you think they're just taking a percent like they're just taking a percentage or something or I wonder how they're getting paid the ad agencies. Like I wonder how that's working. So my underst- I think it works in a couple of different ways. I don't know this, but this is coming from my time of being in marketing that either they will take a cut or they will be on a retainer, like it's an extra fee. Uh-huh. So like you will pay for the services of the advertising agency plus you give them a budget to spend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, and I think that the latter is more of the traditional way of doing it, um, and I think that's the way that most companies are working. Um, we work mm. with some that they that we kind of arrange with them percentages, and we kind of split those percentages. So, like Relay FM would have a cut, and, and we might work with an agency, and then we split that cut so our hosts remain unaffected. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. and but that's you know we work with different agencies in different ways depending on how the agency works. Do you feel like, uh, I mean, it seems like the agencies would, the, the big advantage is it probably opens you up to larger and more diverse, uh, you know, ad, yeah, like it clients, definitely like does. Clients, right? It definitely yeah. does. Like, you know, I still dream of the day when we have a car ad. Like, that's, that's like the <laughs> ultimate goal for me from an Ford. advertising perspective. Yeah. Like, seriously, yeah. like, yeah. that, yeah. that, that is a whole other thing, right? Like, having, a big traditional company, you know, like Coca-Cola or Ford, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. that would be a real landmark day. And w- from where things are going, where things are heading, it doesn't seem impossible. Like Ford used to advertise on technology podcasts, used to advertise on Twitch shows. Like there is, mm-hmm. and this was many years ago, um, mm-hmm. And and I think it could happen again. Well, they're doing yeah. that on Gimlet, right? I mean, they're doing yeah. It on Gimlet, Are they so. okay? Well, there you go. Yeah. So like the, it exists again, right? So, but the thing is, like Gimlet, from my understanding, like they have a huge sales team. Now, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm sure that I could, at, from like a, maybe a listenership perspective, we might be able to attract a Ford ad somewhere. But I but don't, don't have, have the, the manpower yeah. to to knock on those doors. Yeah, but that's the ad agency. I mean, you, there you go. You know. Yeah, agency. I mean that that is part of it, right? But though, <laughs> even with those types of agencies, those agencies are working at a different level as well. Um, yeah, you know, and and I know that we work with a lot of the same companies that that other uh, uh, podcasters work with because we have the same ads, um, or I just know that X agency supplies this and this to these shows and this and this, you know, like I know the companies that they might work with or the shows they might work with. But this is all good stuff. Like, this is very different. Yeah. Like, when we started, like, I was just talking to every company individually. 
Um, yeah. And yeah, then, yeah. you know, one of the things I've noticed is companies that we used to work with individually, they now work with agencies and we work with the agencies because those companies just don't want to do it anymore. Um, and we see companies come and go and, and, you know, it's like there's a strategy changes or a person changes, but I've been encouraged this year by seeing how like the tides just change and the roller, you know, the roller coaster ride continues and like companies go, companies come. And I've been really happy this year with the fact that we've brought in some new advertisers. Um, and we've brought in some companies that like their first ads were on Relay FM. Um, or, you know, and so that, that's been a really good thing. Cause that, that was a big goal for me this year was to, to find a new advertiser, you know, that, that was willing to, to put in, a significant agreement with us you know because that was always the thing you know like i remember like you know all the all the so many of the advertisers that that we work with now came from other other networks yeah you didn't you didn't you didn't like convince them that this was a good idea in general exactly right like yeah okay. like they, they were advertising before our time um, yeah and it's been it's been a great thing to be able to get a couple of companies this year to begin their efforts with us um, and, cool. it, and it worked for them because that's you know it's just been really great because usually what happens in those instances is the person that I'm working with understands what we're doing um, and it's a big win for them internally as they get to prove to their bosses like that it was a good idea mm -hmm. right that podcasting worked for them and then they turn that's it cool. into an advertising channel and, and that's a really good feeling for everyone uh, involved yeah so. and it helps grow the space and yeah that's that's really cool because I am in, you know Obviously, we have uh, we have to compete for time. We have to compete for dollars with other companies. But frankly, like I, I still maintain the idealistic view of, of making podcasting better for everyone. Yeah, at this point, certainly. Yeah, I mean, it's still growing, and you're you know you're you are competing with like Mark Marin, but like not really. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's a like you know. Uh, so yeah, that's that's uh, that's really cool. So that's business, kids cool you're doing great yeah you're doing great <laughs> yeah so just keep growing the business and then when studio neat just like fails and grows down in oh, flames we'll no. just we'll just come it'll be our product development wing and we'll be like okay okay this is what we're gonna do relay fm branded microphones it's a single hardware button <laughs> and then when you press it it plays a podcast <laughs> there we go and, and it's made of wood Genius. it's made of walnut <laughs> and it has a little sticky thing on the bottom <laughs> Of course. <laughs> uh, well, we should do a uh, a brief glyph update. I think. Yeah. Um, sure. Uh, well, so um, we we were trying like heck to get the glyph out before the holidays. We were real close, uh, but there were a couple little things we didn't like completely love about it, and so we decided to uh, be fine with the delay and then get them right. And so the two things were. Uh, we had to make this change to one of the molds um, to make the pads like thicker, basically the like little rubbery pads to enable those to be thicker. So that change is basically done, uh, and then you know, Premier Source has to make some change to the mold and get that rolling. So that'll be a couple of weeks until that's completely done and like sampled and everything. And then we also we still had not completely perfectly found a material that we loved. Uh, we felt we have one really good option now that we could use, but now we're also looking because we're going to be waiting a couple weeks anyways. We're um, waiting for this other material that could be really, really good. So, um, so we're kind of it's good probably to be a couple more weeks until we 
will hopefully be back on track. And we're, I mean, the the hope is that it could be like end of January. It might be a week or two after that, just depending on like lead times for materials and stupid stuff like that. But so it's good. I mean, we we definitely the, the scary stuff. There's no more scary stuff. Like it, it's it's good. Like it works good, and we're in the clear, and everything is working well. Um, but we just wanted to get it right, right. So a couple more weeks, but uh, so that's so that's good. It feels uh, it feels like we kind of rounded the corner and um, just bringing it on home, you know. Are you really confident about it though? Like, because I know you can never really truly know. Right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, uh, let me think. Yeah, we're. I mean, I'm pretty confident, really. Um, it's good. I mean, it's the best glyph for sure, and uh, it's like really strong. And when it's clamped down, it's really tight. So, I mean, I'll, you know, it feels good. I mean, of course, I'm. You know, there'll probably be little things that come up or you know whatever, but that's just the way it goes. So. Yeah, I feel pretty good. And and and, and production wise, we've we've had parts made from the tool, like from the injection mold tools. So we know the molds work well and stuff. So it's really just <clears throat> little tweaks that need to happen. So so yeah, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good that most of the challenges are behind us and we're in good shape. So that's good. It feels good. Basically on time. I think we're, oh, we still are on time in terms of like what we initially set at the Kickstarter. So that's all good. That's, uh, that's about it, right, Dan? I don't think there's any other updates with Glyph stuff. Yeah. I think that's it. That's about all she wrote. The only other update I have here is Neil Patrick Harris uses a simple circuit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was really weird. I was like, literally, I was just like randomly watching a video on Devour. And it was like Neil Patrick Harris's house, and I was like, "Oh, what's this?" And he was just like really charming, so I just like watched. I like watched it, and like midway through, he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna take make a drink," and he like goes to his bar and starts making a drink, and like pulls out a simple syrup kit and start using it. I was like, "Hey, hey, hey!" I know you. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was funny. Uh, you never know where things will show up. I I would say our 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 only other. Or not our, the other celebrity sighting product thing that I that uh, is my favorite is um, Steve Wozniak like his Facebook profile picture for a while was a painting of him at his desk and in the painting was a glyph holding up his phone. What <laughs> on the desk? Yeah, and we were both like, oh look at that! And then someone like sent us that, right, Dan? Like someone. Yeah, someone spotted it, I think. I mean, Steve Wozniak backed the original Glyph on Kickstarter. Like, he's an avid Kickstarter backer. Yeah. Um, So that was, I think that was the first, like, mind-blowing thing in doing the first. On top of all the mind-blowing things that were happening with our very first Kickstarter is, like, seeing Steve Wozniak, like, show up in the backer list. was like, what What? is happening? (laughs) Yeah, that is pretty legit. <laughs> yeah. Legit. He's a really nice guy. Uh, I haven't met him, but I know that he's like a very nice, humble person. Found the painting. I'll put it in the show notes. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty awesome. We should. We can link the Neil Patrick Harris video too and critique his form. I'm not quite sure what he's doing. He's, he's not. He's making circuit. a fun drink. Well, he made like several drinks at once. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like yeah, a, but 
he like he pours it like without measuring which is fine but then he like measures it at the end and then just like sloppily pours it in also i think it's all meant to be a joke though right because like what he shakes up and pours in the glass is this like mess and then he puts it down (laughs) and picks it up and he's got a what he calls a new fashioned yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's he is fully tongue in cheek, like for that whole yeah. interview, which is like I don't yeah. even understand like what that thing is. Like I'm sure it's scripted completely, but like I don't know. It's a very weird. I wonder how much time they spent. On I found it. it to be super awkward, personally. <laughs> I enjoyed it. it. I really enjoyed it. Because it, it. it is. Thought, yeah, yeah, it made me uncomfortable. <laughs> I think it's because <laughs> it it's so clearly scripted, but kind of acted to be off the cuff. And so it just felt super weird to me, but that's just me. There was another one with Sarah Jessica Parker that I remember watching like a long time ago, and it was the same kind of thing where it was like, what is this? Yeah, they do feel like weirdly staged. It's it's kind of peculiar. It's Yeah. It's, yeah, I watched another one with um, Emma Stone, and it had mm-hmm. a similar kind of vibe to it of like, yeah. how long did this take? Yeah. It feels like it took like all day. I just be making that content all the time. Yeah, that's true. content. Thoroughly Considered is a joint production between Relay FM and Studio Neat. If you want to find out more about this episode, go to relay.fm slash TC slash 22. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening. <laughs>